0: This is a Founding Media podcast. Welcome to the Positive Influence Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bancroft. This week, we are sitting down with Austin Food Magazine's executive editor and co publisher, Hayden Walker. Hayden has always had his pulse on the Austin food scene and has made it both his career and his passion to share it. Hayden and I talk about photography, how the influencer industry is rapidly changing, and what tasty food festival he's got in the works. Let's jump in. Thanks for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: I know. I've been wanting to have you on for a while because... You know, I love Austin Food Magazine, and it's a huge publication And in your Instagram. Well, thank you. Um, so why don't we start out kind of you telling us how you got started and sure. all that?
1: Well, uh, I, I actually got started purely out of boredom. Um, <laughs> I had a nine-to-five job just doing the whole corporate thing in the insurance business, and mm-hmm. uh, I was really bored with it. I mean, nobody— Grows up dreaming, you know what? I want to work for <laughs> I insurance. I want to do capital.
0: insurance. You
1: know, I just can't wait. You know, And the money's good, but it's like after a while, you're like, come on. And so uh, I actually – my first ever cell phone that I could take pictures with was a Samsung, one of the old Galaxies, like the S4 or whatever. And I used to take pictures of my lunch. And the girl in the office I used to go eat with, Jessica, she would be like, you know, that's so funny. You should, like, start something. And I'm like, uh, what, <laughs> what would I start? And this is before, like, Instagram was anything. Right. I think it was out, but I didn't care. Yeah. And then Facebook was around. So I would post a few on Facebook. And they were really bad photos, by the way. Yeah. And then, um, I, uh, then I was like, you know what? Maybe I could just start something. I don't know what I could start. So for some reason, I decided to go in the YouTube route. So I tried this whole YouTube thing. <laughs> And we called the show Texas Food Crawlers. So we would go around the restaurants, and we would film ourselves enjoying the experience yeah. and interview chefs. And it's it's kind of hard to do anything local on YouTube. I discovered, um, not to say that it's impossible. Yeah. Just for what we were doing, it was it wasn't working. And even though our videos are great, uh, and then I started going to you know networking events, and I met the original publisher of our magazine. Okay who had another magazine at the time. And she said, well, we should get together and work together. And I said, yeah, sure. I don't know what we can do, but sure. She's like, well, you could do some stuff for us. And I was like, okay. I said, well, we could just start a food magazine. Ha, ha, ha. And I was actually kind of sort of joking, but also kind of serious. You know, we need to do that. And she's like, yeah, we could. And then uh, I don't know. I didn't know anything about developing a magazine. Right. And so uh, she kind of walked me through it, and then we – did it. So the original name of the magazine was called Austin Food Style Magazine.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. uh, Don't ask me. Well, the reason why was because her other magazine, uh, and I'm not, just so I don't like put them under any bus, but it it had style in it. Okay. And it was like, it was a lifestyle magazine. So she was like, oh, well, let's do, I'm like, Okay. And I'm just like, I don't know anything about anything. So sure. Yeah. And then eventually uh, my current business partner, who ended up becoming her business partner, um, he said, that thing means horrible. And let's go <laughs> to, uh, why don't we just become Austin Food Magazine? There's no other name like that. Why do we not do that? And I was like, yes. And so we turned, we switched gears and went into the Austin Food Magazine name And long story short, uh, after she left, uh, I became co-publisher and editor, and we ditched the print idea because it's very expensive, and, you know, we want to save some trees. Uh, So, yeah, now it's all online as a blog. We just still keep the name, which there's a lot of other publications that do that now. Yeah. Um, So we might go back into printing one day, but just maybe like a big one long issue once a year. So Yeah. That's how I got started.
0: I went back and I, I found the uh, the Texas Food Crawlers on oh, you YouTube. Did? I did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Under uh, the new name of the channel?
0: Austin. Or it's uh, AFM Media, right? Or Movie.
1: Right. AFM Movies, yeah. AFM Movies, yeah. yeah. So we're doing some transformation of the entire brand, uh, adding on to some things. Yeah. Um, and w- eventually you'll see some food added into the development of what we do, but it's movie reviews. Okay. People love going to the movies and they love eating at the movies. So when you combine both things, we're going to highlight both things. Nice. You know, talk about what we like in the movies and maybe the things we don't like. Yeah. And then only focus on what we do like for food. So.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So I also scrolled all the way back through Instagram. Okay. And. Those photos were pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: That was back in the day, oh just man, like, just it was like I think it was 2013. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was back when like oh, you don't need lighting. Just took just take yeah, a photo. and yeah. put those
0: horrible like filters, like yeah. Instagram filters on. Yeah, them. back yeah. in the good
1: old days, the glory, the golden age.
0: So how do you think Instagram and, you know, your growth on there affected you kind of leaving print and going all digital? Um, How did it affect your business as a whole?
1: Well, it was just uh, I think one thing I've heard people say over the course of I don't know, years, uh, especially in marketing, is that you go where your audience is. Mm-hmm. So if your audience is focusing on digital stuff, well, you need to spend more time there. If they're focused on social media, which obviously they are, you need play. You need to live in the playground of social media. Um, I'm not saying that they don't like print anymore. Obviously, they do. But we weren't in that. We didn't have enough flexibility and finances to keep doing that. If we yeah. would have... Because of the nature, it was a free magazine uh, printed and we probably would have gone bankrupt I uh, just, you know, just a uh, wild, wild educated guess. So I decided uh, – I told my business partner and he was – very it was like, yeah, that sounds great. Number one, it's going to save us money. And number two, we can focus all of our attention on, like, producing digital stuff, like, on a daily basis. Yeah. And plus, if you make a mistake, you can go fix it. Right. Once that prints out, you can't do that.
0: Right. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. you uh-huh. got to print a retraction,
1: which <laughs> costs more money. So, you know. So, um, yeah, in the age of the digital realm and now social media, it's – a monster and it's only getting uh, I wouldn't say more complicated but it's always changing um, and you could you could argue both ways for the good and for maybe the not so good in some ways but I think at the end of the day people uh, they want the quality has to be there and they and they want the uh, genuine personality
0: yeah so did you kind of when you were making that switch did you decide to focus just on Instagram and your blog because I, I went back and I looked at your YouTube and it you know, there's videos from, like, five years ago, yeah. and then there was nothing, and then there was videos that, like, one year
1: yeah, ago so, and have
0: started again since.
1: So back when we did YouTube, we had, like, a small crew,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I had one guy that did our shooting and editing, and then I was, like, the producer, director, you know, kind of like, all right, this is the vision I want, yeah. and then the, the people on screen, they did what they did. And we tried to be as professional as we can with a super strong, small shoestring budget, but the video... The YouTube was not part of the magazine. It was
0: oh, two okay, things.
1: yeah, gotcha. So um, that was one of those decisions. Like, well, you let you you know when you feel like you just want to have time to do everything, you just can't. Yes, yep. That was one of those things, and okay. it's I feel like that every week, no matter what I do. But yeah. uh, but. Video takes so much time and so much effort, and this past year, I was like, "Okay, I can spend the time if i if I do things a certain way and I teach myself how to edit faster and just pick up best practices and mm-hmm. organize it in a certain way, I can do both, so I do now, except not with food, yeah <laughs> uh and maybe you know there's some we're always figuring out ways to do that, but uh uh it's just there's a lot on one plate.
0: It's hard to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think you're going to shift your focus to YouTube more than Instagram or try no, and do both?
1: Do both. Mm-hmm. Mostly still on Instagram. Um, I think – So the thing that we're trying to do is develop a long-term media strategy so where it's not just, like, here goes Austin Food Magazine. Yeah. But we're developing a media company. So we have uh, the food, Austin Food Magazine, AFM Movies, um, and there's some other creative developments that we can uh, create, like, with photography and brand development and things like that that would help clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been toying around with the idea of doing, like, social media development for clients, which uh, it's almost like doing PR – But we, you know, that's one of those things we have to get the right person in place before we decide to do it. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I need to be more of a true, I guess, CEO and leader and not actually be like, okay, here I'm editing and writing every day. Yeah. You know, like it gets, it's just a lot to do. Yeah. So.
0: So when did you, I guess you started with a business partner, but when did you feel like, you know, your business and and the influence and all that was big enough that it warranted bringing on it? more people to your team
1: well when we first started we actually tried to run it just like an actual ma- like a real regular magazine mm-hmm. so we had like a recipe person and we had a person that would focus on events and we had a person that would focus on that and that was back uh, i don't know if you can say the golden age of magazines but it's just more like you know when you read austin monthly or you read any other magazine they have people that are de- designated to do certain yeah. things Well, after a while, you fill out, like, I can't keep asking people to do things if we can't afford to pay them. And that's, you know, being respectful of people's time. That's one thing we always had to consider. Now you can do trades and so, but that only goes so long or so far. Um, And so I feel like that was where we had to make certain decisions is like, that's why I do so much still, because budgetary wise, you know, can I afford to pay a photographer, $300 every time when I can just go do it myself. Yeah. So as you see, our photos have gotten immensely better yes. because I taught myself how to shoot uh, and just, you know, invested in some really good equipment, stuff like that, uh, as well as when we do have the, the, the team that we have now, it's almost there's only one person that's there now that was there in the beginning. Really. Courtney Pierce. Okay. Um, everyone else is... Pretty new. But the only thing that's different now is they're all social media influencers of some sort. Right. Before, it was just writers. Mm-hmm. Like, there was—Instagram was just kind of a new thing back then. And then there was no true influencer. There was, like, maybe—there there was a YouTuber— her name is Hila Johnson, who now she lives in L.A. And she did recipe development and stuff like that. Okay. And she was an, a YouTube influencer, has, has a very successful, profitable brand. Um, but as far as Instagram was concerned, it was like, uh, yeah, nobody really cared about yeah. it. Yeah. And then now that's where everyone lives.
0: Right. So do you think having these other like influence with you has helped the business
1: well it's it's uh, still a work of development I think it it is helping Mm -hmm. um, because where we're not really asking for a lot of written content right Right. now um, we're trying to get them like they would be the center focus of each piece that we produce which I'm going to be more or less behind that but then getting them in a direction that says okay well you're going to be part of this piece. Let's figure out what you you could write on it because I don't want you to spend all day writing or yeah. five hours writing. But if you could spend an hour or two hours, great. And then I feel like if we – the more we do it, they get better at it and they want to do it more. But at the end of the day, it's got to be valuable to them. Yeah. Not just like I don't want to feel like I'm using anyone.
0: Right, right. So
1: um, – I, I I wanna do it because I feel like it'll help their brand as well. Right. Yeah.
0: For sure. Um backpedaling just really quick, mm-hmm. what camera do you use?
1: So right now I use the Canon uh EOS R. Okay. So it's a full uh, the full frame digital camera from Canon stuff it's actually the first full frame digital camera uh, from Canon they they obviously have other mirrorless cameras yeah. Uh, but yeah this one is uh it's a it's a really great camera um, and I have an expensive lens and uh, you know using all of that combined with taking the time to take good photos and picking your shots and knowing, have a good eye and practicing, you that's where we've gotten. And there's, because there's so many photos, like I just did a photo shoot just uh, before I was here. I probably shot 800 photos and I'm only going to use maybe 50. Yeah. So...
0: Typical. Right. Yeah, my phone is full photos I'll never use.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, there's a lot of great influencers out there that all they use is their cell phone. Yeah. And that's all they did. And I give them all the credit in the world because it's, at the end of the day, it goes to genuine like, you know, you're buying them and not necessarily just the photo. Right. Like a good photo helps. Right. But if you're buying their personality, like captions go a long way and who is it that you're following goes a long way. So, uh, you know, if you're able to do it without investing $3,000 into camera right. equipment, then, hey, do it.
0: <laughs> so would you say it would be better to invest in like photography, like Lessons or honing in that, as versus investing in a camera, or
1: um, I would say it depends on who you are and what you're trying to sell yeah. as your brand. So, if you're not that uh, clever of a caption writer, and you're just like, Me. you're just like, hey, here goes my uh, my sandwich for lunch today. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. You know, obviously, that's not the most interesting thing to say. But for some people that might work, you know, because like yeah. people are like people, are, you you can put that and people are gonna be like, ha, that You're she's so funny, funny. <laughs> eight hundred
0: likes. I'm gonna use that tomorrow. She's so eight hundred <laughs> likes. There you go.
1: But you see somebody like uh like Lindsay from Eating ATX mm-hmm. she and her sister, they're they come up with pretty funny captions yeah. and they use like uh pretty high saturated, you know, filters and stuff like that. And while it's not. My style, it works for them. Yeah. And I I think I appreciate it, and everyone mostly appreciates it, and I think it works. Yeah. And so, you know, they have a good feedback, or they have good, uh, uh, you know, I have a lot of people commenting and liking and stuff like that. Um, so it's not always about the quality, it just depends on. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And what are you trying to do?
0: So what do you think the number one tool or piece of equipment or anything like that has been to help you grow, you know, your following on Instagram, the following of the magazine, all of that?
1: Well, at some point, it, it's—I would say, like, we've been doing this over five years, so mm-hmm. uh, it's been transitional. At some point, it was like, okay, we took, when we took the step to get really good photos, that helped. Yeah. And then— Now there's a lot of people with cameras. Uh, And then now everyone's uh, iPhone has portrait mode. Right. And all this stuff. So everyone's photos could look great without getting a camera. So now it's not so much about the quality. It helps. Don't get me wrong. But what helped in the beginning is not what's – like gonna keep helping you now right because it's more competitive um so you have to find we're we're always trying to find a way to like okay how can we keep people interested because to be honest like you know I look at my stuff uh like our engagement has dipped a little bit same but everyone's has. Yeah. Because it's a it's a big playing field. You know, there's everyone's in an Instagram and everyone wants to share. And I feel like we also have this pressure that we have to share. Yeah. You know, because you can't go out to eat anymore without anyone standing on their chair and taking photos and <laughs> posing in front of it. And, yeah. But it's just kind of expected now. I remember when we first started. <laughs> You sit, we would do that. People would be like, "Oh, what are they doing over there? Right? Oh my gosh, they must be.
0: Are you, are you guys like magazine people, <laughs> photographers?
1: And then now they're just like, yeah, it's freaking Instagrammers.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's shamed now. Yeah,
1: but but of course, like <laughs> what uh, like grandfathers are doing it now. Like yeah. they're they're probably just like sneaking a little shot. Yeah, they're not staying <laughs> on their chairs or anything. Like right. They're, they're showing it. And they're just sending it to their grandkids. Ha ha! Look what that I got one. You know. I say that because my dad does that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a very interesting way. I feel like everything's going to change over the next five years, and whether it's better or not, it's just dependent on how we look at it. Perception,
0: for sure. So, like with everyone, and there's so much competition, and and you know, engagement has been down. Mm-hmm. Um, I know personally, I. I kind of get bugged down and discouraged, you know, if I'm like excited about a photo and it doesn't do well, yeah. how do you kind of, you know, not let that affect you and not let that discourage you from sharing and everything?
1: Well, it, it's hard to say, you know, um, when it's your livelihood, cause now it is, uh, it, it makes you really think about like, okay, what do I have to do differently and better? And, I feel like there's a lot of people that are stuck in this bubble we are like, okay, well, I got to get better on Instagram because that's where it's like, well, don't live in the Instagram bubble only. What else can you do? I mean, if you have a blog, great. What else can you do? Like, don't give yourself too many things because if you want to get bogged down, but at the end of the day, like – Find what the next like be looking for what the next thing you can do to help your brand. So uh, of course we do events and we have other things that we do. Um, So getting back into YouTube now, granted it's a slightly different subject. uh, I feel like well that's our our step uh, like a pivot, but at the same time we're still going in the same direction with the with the original brand. Yeah. So that doesn't mean it would absolutely work. It just means that. This is an avenue that we can take and try it out. Yeah. And um, sometimes it's okay to swing and miss. Um, I mean, a history of business people have done it time and time again. And then just just because you fall flat once, you don't just sit down and say, oh, I'm done with this. Right. Um, You know, you go where go do what you can. All you can do is all you can do as long as you uh, do, you know, put some effort into it and get advice from people that, you know, are, are crushing it. And you never know, you might come up with a new version of how to do something that nobody's ever thought of yet. So it's just uh, how do you you got to figure out how to get that audience. Yeah. So because at the end of the day, audiences love following like, um, I guess, people that have that are pushing boundaries and then at the same time, audiences get tired of stuff after about five years.
0: Right. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're doing events mm-hmm. Mac and Cheese Fest. Yes. Um, do you think that Mac and Cheese Fest would have been as successful as it's been so far? You're at. Two cities more than
1: that, yeah. So, well, the, the, in the past, at least uh, the past three years that we've been doing this, we've mm-hmm. only done two cities. So, last year was the first time we stepped outside of Austin. Okay. So, we did Portland, which is my second favorite city. Yeah, uh, sorry, I apologize to Houston, even though I was born there, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, Portland Mac and Cheese Festival, and then we're also working on starting one in uh, Seattle. Awesome. And we're looking in the Vale, Colorado. That's cool. For this year, plus yeah. Austin. So long-term plan, we are planning to do at least eight to maybe 10 cities. That's awesome. The a series. Uh, so that's a whole lot more work. Uh, it's a really fun, obviously, mac and cheese. You know, it's my second favorite food of all time. mm mm-hmm. uh, and barbecues by first. Okay, I was going to ask, yeah. We couldn't do that here. <laughs> it's already done. Yeah. But uh, mac and cheese, you know, you go to any state in the country and somebody's selling mac and cheese yeah. and serving it. And you find unique ways of offering it and creating it. So why not? Let's just go to all port parts of the country. So that's our goal is to do every coast mm-hmm. and some of middle America. Um, and the South, of course. So uh, long-term plan, yeah. Let's see if we can knock out eight to ten cities. And hopefully there's no cheese and a macaroni shortage in the world. If so not, do
0: you, do you think that like having the following that you do on Austin Food and, and like the foundation of Austin Food Magazine has helped you launch – that event series?
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, is, is it possible that we could have done it without right. Food Magazine? Sure. Um, I mean, because when you say mac and cheese, who doesn't love mac and cheese? Right. There's, right. You unless can't go you, wrong. Unless you have a lactose issue. Yeah. Uh, however, it helped us create relationships with chefs and PR agencies and, you know, all of these uh, people in the industry mm-hmm. um, because we have gotten to know them professionally and and friends. I mean, we have friends that we've made through this. And, uh, you know, it's exciting because they are like, oh, sure, I'll jump on that because I think I have the best mac and cheese recipe ever. Right. And I've heard that tons and tons of times. <laughs> and I would probably say, you know what? On a normal day, you do. But now you're going up against this other chef who just won a James Beard Award. And then this other chef who was a runner up at James Beard. So, like, and it's funny, the winner from last year, I don't know if you remember, did you go? Yeah, I went. There was Schlossky's.
0: <laughs> was it?
1: It was the judge's choice.
0: No way. So we do— I can't remember who I voted for.
1: Well, so there's people's choice and there's judge's choice. Okay. The people's choice was the naughty deck over at the Renaissance Hotel. Um, Chris, uh, Chef Chris Dedgwick, who's a very, very good chef. He's okay. uh, he used to work in New York, and he's got a lot of experience. And he did some kind of like a gouda, smoked gouda mac and cheese brisket thing. which was okay. really great.
0: I don't know who I voted for.
1: He got he. I mean, he crushed the uh, People's Choice yeah. vote. And then the vote, judges vote. It was between Schlossky's, and I can't remember who the runner-up was, but <laughs> it's a blind tasting. Oh, really? And so, I mean, technically Schlossky's is a local business, yeah, but they're also a chain. And but their mac and cheese is killer. And I was I was, I mac was mac. always joking around I was like, you know what it'll be, it'll be hilarious when they finally win because they were, they've been doing it for three years and they've come close the past two years. So this past year they won, and it's the judges are food snobs. They're not like mm-hmm. kids off the street, right? I mean, you have a, you have two cheese producers here. You got three or four uh, cheese writer or uh, food writers, and they they consider themselves, you know, carnivores of food, right? Hey, they're the one that picked it. So anyway, uh, I thought that was really funny.
0: That is funny. I did not realize that yeah. that they won. Well, that's awesome. Um, I guess we can wrap it up, but. Last question, like what would your advice be for someone, you know, starting out wanting to be an influencer or start a blog on online publication, YouTube, anything like that?
1: Well, I say nowadays with the as much uh, – as, as many resources as there is out there that you can learn from, there's no way to fail at this as long as you really, really work. Yeah. And when I say work, that does not mean – take corners and, you know, I don't want to get off on a rant on the bots, but we right. you and I personally talked about that. But like there's a shortcut ways of doing it, which is not the right way of doing it. And it doesn't matter what business there is out there. If you really work hard and you really hustle and, then you know, obviously talent sticks out right. sometimes over others, but find out what your talent is. And then if you want to be an influencer in the social media realm, there's multiple avenues to do it. So whether you want to be Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, heck, you can be a Facebook influencer. I don't know anybody that is. I but don't either. <laughs> I'm sure you can do that. Uh, and then there's other things. I mean, there's just so many ways of doing it. So and then sometimes it's just about timing, like just because it didn't work this year doesn't mean it won't work yeah. last year. So I just say find what you find, what really makes you happy and then focus on that. And if you're not happy doing it. If you find yourself getting frustrated, maybe you shouldn't be an influencer. Yeah. Yeah. You can do other things.
0: So, well, that's good advice. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show with me.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah.
0: Um, and then let everyone know where they can follow you. Just like your handle So uh,
1: Aust- at Austin Food Magazine on Instagram and uh, our website, our blog is austinfoodmagazine.com. Also, if you want to personally follow me on should. my personal Instagram, uh, it's Hayden plus uh, one. It's a lot different than the Austin Food yeah. Magazine. Yeah crack a, I crack a lot of self-depriving jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you do poke fun of myself all the time. So,
0: but we'll put all these links, um, in the show notes. So yeah, thank you again, Hayden.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for stopping by Hayden. I'm for sure going to need some mac and cheese. Now we will put all of the links to Hayden's social accounts in the show notes. So make sure to check those out. The Positive Influence podcast team includes me, Chelsea Bancroft, producer Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Thank you everyone at Founding Media for your support. If you have been enjoying the podcast, please rate and review the show and share it with a friend this week. And if you would like to follow along on my adventures this summer, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Adventure. Thanks for listening.